the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Courageous Christianity, a public nonprofit ministry equipping Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world that challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us on Courageous Christianity. Today we'll continue in our series on struggle. Our aim with this series is not to be depressing, but rather to highlight the opportunity that struggle presents. Thank you very much. Pastor Ron's grabbing my Bible for me, helping hold it open because it's on its own program. Thank you very much, Pastor Ron. Uh, And I just kind of gave it away because Pastor Ron is our guest on the show, and I'll talk about him in a second. But yes, you heard me correctly earlier. We're talking about struggle, and struggle of all sorts can be an amazing gift. For example... As a Marine, I've learned to make friends with hard things and even painful things. You've probably all heard the expression, that which doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And like many cliches, it's true. But more than that, the struggle that we have to look at as Christians is that which glorifies God. And so the truth is that we all struggle, and a better understanding of the nature of struggle is critical to making the most of its transformational aspects. So simply put, Since we're going to struggle at some point, we may as well grow from it, be better for it, and it must certainly glorify God. Otherwise, it's just pain to no avail. So in the first two episodes of this series, Christy and I discussed the broader concepts of struggle. We took a strategic look at struggle, or as I like to say, the 50,000-foot perspective. If you'd like to hear those shows, they're available to you at kkht.com, at courageouschristianity.today, or on your favorite podcast app. So, today we're talking with a very special guest about his unique perspective on the tactical or ground level of human struggle. And I gave it away already, that's Pastor Ron Bates, and he is a pastor of the Light Church in Willis, Texas, up there where we live, and he serves there with his wife, Pastor Ava Bates, and together they teach and preach the gospel as uh, it says in his bio, from Genesis to Revelation. 
And Pastor Ron is a retired firefighter from the Houston Fire Department, where he served 20 years, and yet uh, another area of struggle that he has witnessed. He holds a doctorate of divinity, and on many Sunday afternoons, he holds a driver or a putter, because he does like to golf. That's right. God bless you. And that reminds me of a joke about uh, golf and Jesus and Moses or golfing. Have you heard this one? No. Well, maybe. Let's see. So it's a par three, like 190 yards over water. Okay. And Jesus takes out a seven iron. And Moses says, what are you thinking? You're not going to get over the water with a seven iron. And Jesus says, I saw Arnold Palmer do this once. Okay. And he tees a ball up and he hits it in the water. Mm Mm-hmm. And he tees up another ball, and Moses says, you got to be kidding me. And he says, no, I saw Arnold Palmer do this once. And he hits that ball in the water, too. Well, now he's out of balls, and he walks down to the water, and he walks across the top of the water, and he's reaching down to get his ball. And a foursome drives up on the tee, and they look at Moses, and they say, who does he think he is, Jesus Christ? (laughs) And Moses says, no, Arnold Palmer. (laughs) (laughs) That's good, yeah. But, friends, all kidding aside, As a pastor of a large church, Pastor Ron walks with many who are engaged in very serious struggle, and we thought his perspective would be helpful for all of us, so it's an honor to have you on the show today. Well, thank you. First of all, thank you for having me, Rich. Christy, good to be here. And yeah, we all struggle. Um, I struggle with my golf game, in fact, you know. I took a lesson the other day, and the guy told me I was standing way too close to the ball after I hit it. Hey, there's one question. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done. As always, I'm joined by and so great. That's a good one. Okay. So grateful for my wedded wingman, Christy Mendelo. And I am saying that from now on. You remember before I used to say my courageous wingman, my wonderful wingman, and all that stuff. Now I'm just going to call her my wedded wingman. I like it. I'll yeah. If it. you see a brilliant woman, you just got to grab her and marry her and make her your wedded wingman. And before we begin, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views. And they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Pastor Ron, would you please pray for us? Absolutely. Father, we thank you for this time today together. We thank you for those that are listening. We just ask that our words, our thoughts today, Father, would glorify you and bring hope to people that may be struggling, as we all do. So, Father, we just ask that you help us and Holy Spirit lead us in everything that we do. And uh, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 As we were talking in that uh, intro, talking about struggle, what was in your head? What was in your heart? Well, I was thinking as you were opening, you were talking about not meant to be depressing. And, you know, when you talk about, yeah, we all struggle, you know, I mean, you ask somebody when you pass them on the road or a friend, you say, how you doing? The common answer is I'm doing good. But most of the time we may not be doing good, you know. So a guy asked me that. I had lunch with a pastor friend of mine the other day and he said, how you doing? I said, mostly good. (laughs) Because I feel like there's always some struggles that we face. Uh, And I was thinking, as you were saying that, when my kids were growing up and they would have challenges, I would tell them, you know, man, thank God for the days when everything's going great. And I I called them bonus days. And he says, my son says to me, well, dad, that's kind of depressing. I said, well, and the idea there was that if we just expect that we're going to go through life without problems, when we do face them, then we're going to think something strange is happening. And scripture tells us in in first Peter four twelve, don't think it's strange, you know, when these things happen to you. And I think that's what we need to understand. Yeah, we're going to face them. Uh, scripture tells us, you know, in this world, Jesus says, you're going to have tribulations, right. be a good cheer, overcome come them. To me, that's saying, yeah, you're going to have troubles, but you're going to get through it. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you, God, uh, the day before Easter. And 
we are we're restored we're saved we're victorious over death and sin mm-hmm. in the blood of Christ right. and his resurrection which we celebrate tomorrow should enhearten all of us and it should also cause us to uh although we do operate at the tactical level and you know that's inches and it's it's minutes and it's hours and it's right here where the fight is the truth is that in this kind of warfare, as you've heard me say before, with counterinsurgency, tactical actions have strategic implications. And I always point to the Christian who acts badly, and then people say, I want no part of Jesus because this is how Christians right. act. Yeah. And so our little struggle in how we face it is so much bigger than us. Right. And so tomorrow we celebrate the resurrection mm-hmm. of Jesus Christ and... I mean, if that doesn't make you feel oh like goodness. a king, I don't know what will. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there's so much hope in that. I think of uh, where Jesus, it says he, he went to the cross looking beyond the cross to the joy that it would bring. And I think when we go through trouble sometimes, we're just looking at that moment and uh, what challenges he went through. But he looked past that challenge at the moment to what it was going to produce and I think that's one of the things that helps me sometimes when I'm going through a struggle, just thinking, okay, that, uh, I, I need to look through this challenge and get, get hope from that and not just right. focus on where I'm at at the moment. A good example, and Christy and I talked about it, uh, in my divorce, I got all kinds of secular advice from all kinds of people. Right. And I prayed, and God helped me understand that in a year's time, my divorce would be over. Mm-hmm. And he gave me this vision of me sitting at the breakfast room table reading my Bible. And I thought, one, uh, in a year's time, I'll be reading words like mercy and kindness mm-hmm. and forgiveness. And when I read those words in a year's time, I don't want to feel like a hypocrite. Right. And so I want to feel like a man who did his best in the fight when things were very difficult. And so if I want to be that guy in a year's time, right. I've got to be the right guy now. And so I think you've made a great point when you say, hey, this will be over. Mm-hmm. Christy and I said on the show two weeks ago or three weeks ago, struggle is not a place of residence. Right. You don't move in there. Right. Uh, you move through it. And right. I think our quote of the day for that show was Winston Churchill when he said, if you're going through hell, keep walking. Yeah. So you must see some amazingly heartbreaking struggles. Oh, yeah. Uh, a little bit on your perspective on that. What are, what are some of the things you see, for example? Yeah, you know, it's, you know, what do I not see? You know, as a pastor, you, you see so much with a, a congregation of, of any size, really, because there's so much going on. But, you know, I mean, obviously, there's always death. I just finished, did a funeral last week, somebody going through that. Uh, uh, uh I mean, t- to one extreme, that suicide, you know, things like that is something recent that I've dealt with um, more than once, as a matter of fact. You know, so you, you're dealing with those kinds of struggles. Then you've got relationship struggles. You've got uh, friendship struggles, all kinds of things, you know, health issues. Uh, you know, and just think about uh, lately, the last couple of years, just the, the social uh, struggles, political struggles that people are, are facing and dealing with. Those are all struggles that we have to navigate and uh and I think, again, going back to the Word of God, we, you know, Jesus endured, endured the cross looking beyond it. And I think we have to, don't camp out here, uh, move beyond it. Uh, you know, we're not going to stay here. 
Yeah. Not our place of residence. Yeah. There's, uh, there's one line in the Bible that I've always thought is interesting. So uh, John the Baptist mm-hmm. has basically just sent the first two disciples to follow after Jesus. Mm-hmm. And to me, the conversation that takes place is, is really funny mm-hmm. because I picture Jesus walking along and here these two guys are following him. And Jesus stops and turns around and says, what do you want? Yeah. And, and in my head, I hear it like, what do you want? But he could also say, what do you want? Yeah. But in any event, he looks at them and they say to him, I picture them dumbstruck like, uh, uh, where do you abide? Yeah. And I think that's so interesting. Why would he ask them, ask Jesus, where do you abide? Where do you live? Where do you reside? Mm-hmm. Where do you spend your time? Where's your heart? And Jesus says, follow me, I'll show you. Mm-hmm. And in that little conversation, I imagine us being, Jesus saying to us, where do you want to live? Where mm-hmm. do you want to be? Where do you want your values? Amen, yeah. Where do you want to park? Yeah. And follow me and I'll show you where you should park. Yeah. And it, it speaks to that idea that you mentioned earlier where it's like, where do you want to go? Where yeah. do you want to be when yeah. this is all over? Absolutely. Well, folks, uh, we're having a conversation on struggle, and we know we struggle. Nobody is free from it. The Bible says we shouldn't try to be free from it. So as a Marine, my perspective is let's make friends with it. Let's make it work for us. Let's grow from it. Let it be transformational in our lives. And let our strength be a blessing to those around us. And we're going to talk about that more when we come back with Pastor Ron Bates. Stay with us. Hello, everyone. This is Christy Mendelow. As you may know, I'm host Richard Mendelow's wingman. You might wonder what a wingman is. Here on Courageous Christianity, it means I'm here to support the host of this show and our efforts to accomplish our mission. That mission is to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield, and we need your help to do that. Your tax-deductible support is what keeps us on the air and sustains our ongoing efforts. Courageous Christianity is a public, nonprofit ministry. If you'd like to support our mission and this ministry, you can do so by texting any amount to 281-800-4940. That's 281-800-4940. And for a donation of $25 or more, we will send you a signed copy of Richard's book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. You will absolutely love this devotional, and it will help you to be more equipped in your walk as a courageous Christian. If texting isn't a fit, you can also donate by going to CourageousChristianity.today. So text to donate to 281-800-4940 or go to CourageousChristianity.today. Friends, thank you. We are so very grateful for your listenership and for your support. What a friend we have in Jesus. Friends, you're listening to Courageous Christianity with Richard Mendelow, and that's me. And that song is one that always stops me in my tracks, and Mike always plays it at the most amazing times. And we're talking with Pastor Ron Bates, a former firefighter who spent 20 years with the Houston Fire Department and now the pastor of the Light Church up in Willis. And we're talking about struggle. And... We're having a great conversation, and by no means should anybody hear that we take struggle lightly. Uh, 
I see amazing things as I travel around the world. Uh, as an airline pilot, I've seen amazing things as a Marine. And when I say amazing, I don't necessarily mean good. I mean heartbreaking. I mean heartrending. Uh, and so we're talking about struggle and how we face struggle as Christians. And we're talking the day before Easter and thinking about the victory that we have over death in Christ, which you must believe, otherwise there's no difference between us and anybody else. And so Pastor Ron said something I thought was quite funny at the break. He said, struggle is like Bucky's, you know, the the place where you stop on the freeway. And yeah. he said, you're not meant to stay there. There's no tables. There's no chairs. You're just meant to get your beef jerky, get your gas, and move on with life. That's and fine. go to the clean bathroom. And, 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 and the beaver nuggets. Yeah, those are yeah. good, too. Um, so that's a brilliant point, but you also made another point at the break when you were talking about the pool uh, at Bethesda. Please r- remind yeah, us Yeah, thank you, that. Rich. Yeah, be- before the break, you were talking about the disciples coming up to Jesus after they left John the Baptist, and he sent them to go to Jesus, and Jesus asked them a question, what do you want? And it's interesting when you look at Scripture, Jesus asked a lot of questions, and, and I believe all the questions that he asked, he already knew the answer to. Uh, asking Peter, you know, do you love me? But another time at the pool of Bethesda, there's the man that's been there for for years and he's wanting to get in, but there's nobody there to, to put him in the water. And Jesus asked him, do you want to be healed? What do you, what do you want? And it's like, I can just see that going down and, and the guy going, are you kidding me? You know, uh, but here he is. And But I think it's important for us to articulate where we want to go. I think sometimes in our struggle, we can just say, man, this is it for me. This is as good as it's going to get. I'm, and, and we just kind of sit down. But I think we need to articulate. We need to look past it and believe that there is hope. We can get out of this. Where do you want to go? Let's articulate it in prayer. Let's articulate it with God. Have a conversation with God and say, God, you know, I, I believe that I'm not going to stay here. And let's move on. Have a real vision. So uh, for yeah. me, you heard in the first segment, my vision for going through a divorce would be that in a year's time I'd be a man reading his Bible and I wouldn't feel like a hypocrite. I wouldn't feel like all the kindness and forgiveness and uh, mercy and stuff that I, we're asked to show as Christians was lost on me. And you make a very good point. Christy said, um, uh, go ahead. You, how well, did you two say things, that? and I want to go back to something that um, Pastor Ron just shared or mentioned was the belief. And so what a lot of people may not realize is that their belief may not be the only belief they could have. And so uh, I would issue a challenge to um, our listeners. Check in on your beliefs. Are you believing that you can be healed? Yeah. Are you, uh, or are you believing what the rest of the world says? Right. Yeah, and you know, when you uh, mentioned in the first segment about suicides, right, right. Th- th- that is probably... <clears throat> the highest level of what Christie is saying, because somebody believes that there's no future, there's no hope, there's no change, there's no opportunity. And so they make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And that is based on their wrong belief. So how do we nurture a right belief? And I think the way we nurture a right belief is first and foremost to understand that struggle has a purpose. You go to the gym and you lift heavier weights because you have a vision of yourself getting stronger. And so why should we believe that in this life there wouldn't be struggle that would help us to strengthen our faith? Right. And so 
Why are we talking about struggle? Because we're all going to endure it. Why are we talking about struggle? So that we can all check in on ourselves and say, what is my belief? Do I have a belief that I can have a productive future? And that belief can be struggle is bad. Right. But the question I'd have is, is there only bad struggle or is there struggle that's good? And so I'd wonder what your thoughts are on that, Pastor Ron. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I think of this. I think, well, it builds character. You know, here things we go through life. It's like, well, it builds character. And, it, and you know, it, it actually does. It builds it builds and, and strengthens us. It's like you said, Rich, that, you know, uh, lifting weights, the resistance causes us to be stronger. And um, we grow from it. We gain wisdom from it. I think when we go through a struggle and we see a victory, we gain faith from that. So, <clears throat> excuse me, it produces those things in our life when we do it. You know, in James 1, 2, it talks about counting it all joy when you fall into different kinds of trials. And I, I don't know that that's any of us have had a great time doing that in the midst of it. But if we really look at it and say, you know what, and just think about God, what are you doing in me through this? And focus on that and allowing God to work in us. But yeah, it, it can strengthen us. I oftentimes talk about it being a defining moment that's good versus a defining moment that's bad. So how good. are you going to look at that struggle? Right. Yeah. Back to your belief. Right. Was I just made to be here in this ditch or am I going to step out of this ditch? So something that I talk a lot about uh, with Marines and people in struggle is the idea that we all get knocked down. So let's develop our getting up skills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and our getting up skills involve the think, feel, act cycle that Christy talked about on the last show or the show before that. And our beliefs. Okay, we feel bad, but it's not the feel, think, act cycle. So yes, I feel bad, but but let me talk to myself here and let me pray. Lord, why are you letting this happen? Well, because it will strengthen you. I know, but it's hard. Okay, well, turn to me in all things, and then the struggle will bring you closer to me and everything else will get easier. That's like I have these little conversations with myself, with me and God. And so... It get you get stronger. You said it. Your faith gets stronger. So, if I said to you, "Why do you think people struggle?" You would say, "In order to develop their faith." Yeah, it was de- develop our our faith, but uh, we also gain patience from it. You know, it, it goes on to say in James one, where I was talking about knowing that the testing of your faith will produce patience in us. And I think patience can mean a lot of things, not just sitting and waiting, but having peace while you wait. Patience is not just waiting. I mean, we can be anxious while we wait, but it creates, I think, a calmness, a peace in us that says, you know what, I'm going to wait on the Lord and uh, just have that peace as you do. That in itself is a strength that somebody has. You can look at two different people that are going through a struggle. One can be anxious and one can be at peace because they've learned to let, let that work in them. So I think that's one of the things that we can learn from it. Yeah, that's a huge thing to consider the distance. Uh, I, I often say that in the spiritual war that we're engaged in here on earth, if you want to know what's the truth, just look at what society says, because it's 180 degrees out from the truth. Yeah. So what you just said, that's amazing. Uh, when you said that we're waiting on the Lord, mm-hmm. but what does society say? You need fast food, you need fast coffee. You need fast cars. It has to happen now. It's all very important. And God forbid you should not have your immediate needs met. Mm. I, I think of it like 
this. Uh, when you fly an air, airplane down the runway, when you're rolling down the runway, you can either look right in front of the nose of the airplane at the very next stripe that mm-hmm. the nose passes over, or you can look all the way at the end of the runway. If you look at the very next stripe, then as the airplane moves around, you're putting in all these corrections, mm-hmm. and it's all very jerky for the passengers. If you look at the end of the runway, and I imagine a goalpost at the end of the runway, and I'm just going to gently fly this airplane through that goalpost. I think it's the example I'm giving about thinking of myself in a year's time at the end of the divorce. It'll be all over. Where mm-hmm. do, That's the goalpost. And so this, I'd like to get back to this belief idea that Christie's brought up because it is so critical to just say, believe you're going to get through it. Believe that it's going to be transformational. Believe that God will not let it be a waste. Right. He works all things together for mm-hmm. good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And be patient. Wait on the Lord. Right. Well, all things are possible through Christ. And right. so if all things are possible, aren't there other alternatives to what you're seeing? Different beliefs. Oh, so, that's a brilliant point. I've never thought of that. All things are possible. So yeah. there are. So what's possible in coaching? We ask that question. What's the opportunity in this and what's possible? Well, yeah. and that's about belief. About belief. Yeah, Scripture says that God can do above and beyond what we can ask or think. So that's to your point, Christy, that God can do things that we're not even thinking about. You know, yeah, I remember your sermon a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Ephesians, exceedingly uh, abundantly. abundantly. Yeah, I love that yeah. scripture. Way above what we think. Okay, so way above what we think. Uh, let's say a couple of things that we know for a fact. Uh, there's lots of struggle. We will all struggle. We know that struggle is a temporary place. It's not a place of residence. We know that if we believe that uh, we are redeemed and victorious in Christ, then we know he walks through us through all struggles. And we know he will bend them to his will. He will use them for good. And he says, what father whose child asked for bread would give him a stone? So when we call on him, when our struggle causes us to turn to the Lord and we call on him, then he, he is near to us, and he's near to the brokenhearted, and he's near to those who are struggling. Right. So I think this is very important. Um, is there anything that you think is bad about struggle? Well, I mean, nobody likes it. You know, there's, yeah, there's some bad things that, could, that we can go through in a struggle, but uh, God can turn that into good. I mean, I think there's, there's I say this sometimes, you can't unscramble eggs, <laughs> There, there's <laughs> sometimes true. we go through life and things get scrambled, but I believe, and I'm going to say it this way, God can make them good. He can make them taste good and we can live life with hope and peace and with, through God's grace. There's some things we're not going to be able to change, some consequences to the things that we've gone through, um, but but uh, we have to look past that and believe, uh, like Christy's saying, believe that God can do something better. Believe in something better. Keep your eyes on the horizon. Fly, uh, fly through that goalpost. But I'm kind of stuck on eggs because I guess I didn't have any breakfast before the show. And I'm thinking, okay, I guess I know where I'm going after the show. Friends, stay with us. We're talking to Pastor Ron Bates about the struggles we face in this world and the possibilities of which they avail us. Stay with us. I was dying to be free. They fought for our freedom and made sacrifices most of us can't imagine. And now our veterans need our help. Hi, friends. I'm Christy Mendelow, Richard's wingman here on Courageous Christianity. You've possibly heard us talking about Freedom Alliance on the show. It's an organization near and dear to our hearts. 
Freedom Alliance is healing the wounds of war, including the devastating emotional injuries that cause veterans to reject God's love. Freedom Alliance is saving lives and military marriages. They rehabilitate wounded heroes, donate customized wheelchairs to amputees, and provide college scholarships to the sons and daughters of military heroes. I hope you'll join us in supporting our combat veterans by donating to Freedom Alliance today. I urge you to visit freedomalliance.org to learn more about their mission. We at Courageous Christianity know the team at Freedom Alliance, and we've seen them do the Lord's work. They are committed to helping ordinary Americans who've done extraordinary things. Please go to freedomalliance.org to make a contribution that will change a hero's life. Friends, since we launched this show, Christy Mendelo has been my wingman on Courageous Christianity. To our message of Courageous Faith, she adds her invaluable perspective as a transformational coach. She's the walking embodiment of courage and compassion, and she brings this to bear on those going through divorce in her own show, The Divorce Coaching Hour, which airs Saturdays from 1 to 2 p.m. right here on 100.7 KKHT, The Word. For those who are struggling in their marriages, she brings hope with guests who speak to the myriad counseling options available. For those who are going through divorce, she offers invaluable technical assistance. And for those who are coming out of divorce, she delivers a unique perspective on the opportunity for growth and change. If you are, or a friend or family member is, struggling in a marriage, contemplating or going through divorce, you need a wingman. You'll want to tune in each Saturday to hear from Christy and her guests. One thing is for sure, as I have learned over all the shows on Courageous Christianity and personally, you can count on Christy for truth, for a faith-based perspective, for compassion, and for insightful guidance. Tune in each Saturday. She'll be there for you as well. Don't miss the Divorce Coaching Hour every Saturday at 1 p.m. on 100.7 FM, KKHT, The Word. I counted the streetlights as we headed up to the chapel to pay our last respects. Friends, you're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we are talking with Pastor Ron Bates about struggle. And uh, March 23rd, my devotional for March 23rd in Hope for Each Day, uh, Billy Graham devotional, says this about struggles. There are two ways of getting out of a trial. One is to simply try to get rid of the trial and be thankful when it is over. The other is to recognize the trial as a challenge from God to claim a larger blessing than we ever had. It is through suffering, the tests, and the trials of life that we can draw near to God. And what I like so much about this is he says we can draw near to God. That's a choice. Yeah. And so, Pastor Ron, we've talked about some of the strategic levels of suffering, but could you give us an example of somebody who's struggled well that might inform us? Yeah, sure. Um, in our church, I think of this family that uh, several years ago, they had a daughter, 13 years old, that was diagnosed with cancer. And, you know, that's a, a major struggle in anyone's life. And uh, as a church, we rallied around them and prayed and walked them, uh, walked with them through this whole uh, circumstance. And, uh, uh, you know, sad to say, the daughter did pass away. And, you know, in things like that, you wonder how people are going to deal with struggle. But it was just such an amazing thing to see this this family just come together and grow stronger through that, through their faith and hope in God. And as we mentioned earlier, you know, we're passing through here. And, and, and you know, you think sometimes people are going to fall apart, and sometimes they do, but I think because they have the wrong perspective. 
but uh, they just uh, grew stronger through that process. And one of the things that, that I, as a pastor, I, I tell people is that our circumstances may change, but our theology doesn't. God never changes. He's still a good God. And I think when we go through struggles, sometimes we begin to question, is God good? But if you maintain that thought that God is good, no matter what, he doesn't change. It'll help us get through, as I believe I saw this family get through that situation. Um, another circumstance, you know, we all deal with finances, and I think we, we have to be careful. We can look at man. We can look at our job as, as a job a security. That's our source, but God is our source. It doesn't matter if that dries up, you know, if the ravens stop bringing uh, the prophet food and the brook dries up, God can command a, a provision somewhere else through a widow in this case. But uh, so someone loses a job and uh, we, we pray with them and uh, they end up getting a better job. I think that when you have that type of perspective in your struggle that, hey, I'm going to make it through. God is good. He hasn't changed. And yes, this isn't like it used to be and, and things are going to be different. But uh God is good, and he, he's my source. He's my provision. He's my strength. Amen. You're talking to a guy who had massive financial struggles for over two decades, and he just provides, and I couldn't in a million years talk about all the different ways that he provides. Um, so amazing, and when we turn to him, now, like anything else, history is not written in... Uh, decades and centuries, uh, we often think it is, but it's actually written one day at a time. It's written one day at a time in the small, courageous choices that people make. Encourage doesn't mean you don't have fear. It just means you move through the fear to do what is necessary to do. And so in these stories that we talk about, these examples of family that had uh, such grief, uh, and then beyond their grief, is the the source of strength that they derive to give to others. And so I really want you to hear that who we are in struggle and what we do in struggle is not just informative to the people around us at the time, but beyond that, we develop the strength to be a part of the community of Christ, the Church of Christ. Uh, Christy, what do you think? Well, I think... You mentioned give to others, and we're going back to those beliefs. When we do see that we can move through this, we do see the goalpost. There there are so many people we touch be, from that point to the goalpost, and, and what can we then use those struggles for to go and serve other people? And, and so that struggle can be of benefit. I mean, you don't sit there and go, Hey, I'm so happy I'm struggling. Right. But when we look at that goalpost, okay, what is God doing here? How is he transforming me? And now how can I go serve other people? And so we can find good in that. So you bring up a, a great point, which you've, ta- you've touched on, Pastor Ron. Our struggle, if it's done well, it can produce connectedness. Yes. And to struggle alone is very dangerous because you can be a different person from one day to the next. So you need accountability partners. uh, You need people to strengthen you and lift you up. And then you become that person to somebody else. Right. You know, and and this conversation about struggling, I think, is so important, uh, if nothing else, just to recognize that we're not alone. We all go through it. We need one another. Uh, You know, I believe one of the things that Paul talks about when he's speaking to the Philippians is that 
hey, we're in this together, we're a partner together, and the, the church and the body of Christ and those coming together can bring strength to each other. And uh, I think one of my favorite scriptures that, that speaks to this, Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. You know, you think that that word nothing, I don't care what one goes through. It says here, be anxious for whatever that is. Don't be anxious for, for it. But in everything by prayer, and that's the first thing that's mentioned there in supplication, which simply means a petition to God. But prayer is effective. The fervent prayer of a righteous man, it, it produces, avails much. But it, then it says the word be thankful. And to me, that's a that's a posture of faith. If we can be thankful in our prayers before we even see the answer, it's, it's a posture of faith and, and in the midst of your struggle. And it says, let your request be made known to God. And at that point, let the peace of God, not our peace, not man's peace, but let his peace, which surpasses all uh, our understanding, our natural way of thinking. And it will guard us, uh, our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I think that's so key. Uh, brilliant. You know what I heard in there was... We know that it's our testimony as Christians that is the most powerful thing to the building up of the body of Christ. Of course, the word, of course, all, all of that. But sometimes if you don't know the scripture or if you don't know the right thing to say, all you have to do is talk to people about what Jesus has done for you. We overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And the word of our testimony. And I would ask, is there a testimony that's not based on some struggle? Is there a testimony that isn't actually a story of victory over some circumstance, some hardship, an addiction, a job change? Is there a testimony that will build the body of Christ that didn't arise from somebody's courageous struggle? I got a I got a testimony right here. Also in our devotional, it talks about Jesus suffering for us. And so you talk about that benefit. And he died so that, I mean, because he loves us so much. And we benefited greatly Mm. from Jesus. And so in our struggle, and and keep in mind, with tomorrow being Easter, this would be the time when when the cave is closed and... And his struggle, which would have been on Friday, mm-hmm. uh, so amazing. And he said, Father, let this cup pass from my lips, but not my will, but your will. So in the belief that we nurture about the possibilities which arise from our struggle, we can say, Lord, I feel this way, this way, this way, not my will, but yours. And he's a good God, and he will resource us, and he will lift us up. And he promises that, and he doesn't break his promises. Right, Amen. Yeah, you know, when Jesus uh, was coming into Jerusalem there, the Passion Week, you know, he comes into Jerusalem and the people are cheering, you know, Palm Sunday, and they're cheering for him. And it says that he wept, and he wept because, I mean, they're thinking, here comes our king, things are going to be great. They didn't know what was about to happen. They didn't understand it fully. And he makes the, the statement there, he wept because he didn't, they did not recognize the time of their visitation. And I'd paraphrase it this way. They didn't recognize what God was doing for them at that time. They didn't recognize it, that he was sending his son there. And I think that if, if we would just recognize uh, what, what has been, and it says what makes for our peace, mm-hmm. what, what God did for us, they didn't recognize what was being made, what was happening for their peace. And no matter what we're going through, what challenges we face, if we could just recognize what God has done for us to give us peace, even in the midst of a struggle, what a difference it would make. That is brilliant. 
That is such an amazing point because I think uh, when you're in a fight, a firefight, when you're in a fire, yeah. in your experience, everything gets right here, right now. Mm-hmm. You, you, you drop your perspective of the horizon and you come in right now to the immediate threats, as I like to say to Christy, uh, what's the alligator closest to the boat? Yeah. <laughs> and you get very reactive. And so in that, in that place of reactivity, you've got to be very careful because we're talking about eternity. So you have to have a long view of what's going on here. And that long view is not, hey, I'm reactive. It's what good is going to come of this? And I know that's hard, friends. Uh, I, I talk to lots of uh, people who are in struggle, and I try to walk with a lot of different people who are going through struggle. And, and I'm not pretending this is easy. Uh, I was a wreck going through uh, a year of divorce and so forth. But every morning when I read my Bible, I had a picture of a future possibility. And I think we've got to nurture that. And so struggle makes you come right in, and it makes you think very reactively. And then if you can talk yourself around that corner, because Scripture tells us about the promises down the road and the opportunities and uh, what God will use the struggle for. Any thoughts on that? Just, yeah, I, yeah. I just think like we've been saying, it, it just recognize, ask God sometimes, God, what are you doing in this? And just uh, be thankful and have an expectation and patience and peace that, that God's going to walk you through this and uh, he's, he's never going to leave you, never going to leave you alone, and I think that'll help you get through. Amen. Ah, he is such a good God. He's such a kind God. And uh, I've said this before, as I love my son and tell, uh, I say to him, I love you, buddy. And he says, I love you more. And I laugh and I say, you can never know how much a father loves a son. I know God's laughing because he's looking down on me and saying, and you can't know. Friends, stay with us. We're going to come back for the final segment. Friends, it's Richard, the host of Courageous Christianity. In addition to donations, sponsorships also help to keep us on the air and sustain our ongoing efforts. We'd love for you to join us in this mission. If you own a Christian business or an entrepreneur, or it's on your heart to support our efforts, sponsorship opportunities are available. You'll have the chance to have your message heard during each show and much more. If you want to join us in our mission to equip Christian warriors for the spiritual battlefield and support us with your sponsorship, contact us at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. Contact us today to apply as there are some requirements. So give us a call at 281-656-1833 or email us at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com. We're grateful for your listenership and for your support. Friends, welcome back. You're listening to Courageous Christianity, and we're talking about struggle. And we're not doing it to be depressing. We're doing it to create the uh, understanding which will let us go through struggle while keeping our eyes on the horizon and the good that God uh, does through struggle. And we're talking with Pastor Ron Bates. And, you know, when we do this show, I picture our listeners, uh, I picture all of you, and I imagine you in all kinds of situations, maybe a truck driver passing through uh, downtown Houston, maybe a parent in a kitchen cooking uh, food for the kids, maybe somebody far away listening online. 
And my heart is genuinely with you in all of those places because as I fly around, I see you and I talk to you. And so as we're talking about struggling, uh, it's not in some, you know, high-minded notion. Struggle happens one day at a time, and it's, it, it can be brutal, and it can reduce you. And so that's why I hope this series is so important uh, to talk us through it. And Christy had an interesting point about uh, the fruits of good struggle. Yeah, good way to put it. And what made me think of this is you talking about your divorce. It made me, of course, think about mine. And, you know, when I was going through that divorce, I was I was in a lot of struggle. Um, And then very soon after that, much more struggle came, which the death of both my parents, the grave illness of my nephew, all of that. Um, But we sometimes we just can't see the greatness that God will bring us. And I, I often say this, and it says it all, is I wouldn't be a divorce coach today if I hadn't gone through a divorce. And for the listeners that don't know, I am a divorce coach, and I work with people in that struggle. And what even beyond becoming a divorce coach led me here to this station. And when the station found out that I was a divorce coach, they said, hey, you should have a radio show and 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 where that goes from there, here it is, the Divorce Coaching Hour on KKHT at a Christian radio station, which then led ultimately to this show. And here we are today talking about our Lord and Savior. And who could have imagined how we would do it all? Never would have. Right. It's Never crazy have. if you think about... I'm so grateful. Yeah, each of us sitting here can think about how we got here. And friends, if you're in struggle, there will be a a time in the future where you will be sitting there and you will be in a great place uh, connected to God and thinking about him. And you will thank him for all of these struggles, as hard as they may be. So, Pastor Ron, what are your thoughts? Well, I cannot help but think about Joseph when I think of the fruit of somebody's struggle and uh, where they ended up as, as a result of going through some hard times. I Perfect. think about <laughs> I think about his brothers, though I'm in the pit. He's a he's a, a slave, a prisoner, falsely accused, ends up second to Pharaoh. And then, you know, the story where his father and sons uh, brothers finally get there. Then Jacob, his father dies and his brother's like, oh, no, he's going to kill us now because dad's gone, you know. And he says to them, makes this amazing statement to them. He says, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Mm. And I think really? they made an amazing statement. And I believe that, yeah, well, there's a real enemy out there that, that intends harm for us. And, and some of the things we go through are, are our own doing. But even in that, God can turn them into good and do good things with them. And I think that's the, the hope that we have to hang on to is that it doesn't matter what we've been through, where we've gone. And, and again, you look at Joseph. We talked earlier about patience and man, what a what a, a, a person that showed patience and just faithfulness and just uh, doing the right thing through the struggle. But the fruit of it was amazing. And I just I, I pray that anybody listening now that's going through a struggle, just just imagine what God can do and, and would do through the struggle that you're going through right now and, and have hope in that. That is absolutely brilliant, and Joseph uh, is a great example. Uh, It's a story that's told thousands of years later, but he endured one day at a time. He was wrongly accused and wrongly imprisoned, and if you think about it, all he kept doing was the next right thing. That's good, yeah. And so God is just, 
Everything hidden will be brought out into the open and everything concealed will be made known. Promises that in Scripture, we can rely on it. You don't have to point fingers. You don't have to accuse. You don't have to try and speak for yourself. Turn the other cheek. Do the next right thing. Otherwise, we're giving to dogs what is holy. And Scripture says not to do that. And how are we doing it? We are holy. We are a nation of priests. We have such potential. And when we get into all of that nonsense because we don't trust that the Lord will own the outcome, then we we wrestle with pigs and we both get muddy and they like it and no good comes of it. And the truth is, if you want peace, be peaceful. Don't be quarrelsome. These are all things that can guide us in our struggles. Final thoughts, Pastor Ron. Well, I want to go back to what we talked about earlier when Jesus came into Jerusalem. Um, what we call the triumphant entry there is that he he was saddened because people didn't recognize the things that God was doing to make for their peace. And I would just I would just uh, reiterate that point that uh, whatever you're going through, just uh, recognize that God did some things to bring us peace, sent His Son to die for us to give us hope in this world. And as we mentioned, we're not going to stay here, but while we're here, we can have hope. You're going to have tribulations. In this world, you will have trials, troubles, struggles, but be of good cheer. I have overcome this world. And I believe he says that to say, look, I've I've overcome. I've done it so that you can as well. Amen. I couldn't have said it better. Great summing up. Thank you, sir. And it's the truth, and it brings us to our moment of truth, and our moment of truth is a great uh, example of what uh, Pastor Ron is saying. So, in every show, we have a moment of truth, which looks at Scripture, in, uh, which informs the discussion. And we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge, that it's always relevant, and that it never fails. And so today, our Scripture, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, <laughs> For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. So friends, as a Marine and a Christian, I understand struggle, not every struggle, but many struggles, and struggle in general. And I know this. Everyone, everywhere has struggle. The question is, how should we struggle? Should we self-medicate? Should we take our struggle to Facebook to count on the advice of others who don't know how to deal with their own struggle? Should we blame our struggle on others because the media tells us to? I don't think so. In fact, I think our personal struggle can save this nation. And here's why. At the strategic level, the 50,000-foot perspective, our nation is spiritually, culturally, and politically adrift. We have no anchor. Many turn to politics because commentary about politics absolves them of the need to do anything at the local level. And because criticizing politicians is always easy, they do make it so easy and so fun. But (laughs) the world wants us to think about politics And we can't take our eyes off of Jesus. That's why they do it. So it's not about politics. And we're culturally lost. In fact, I'm sometimes at a loss to describe the extent of our cultural perversion. And make no mistake, this perversion is only possible in an environment where the truth of God has been purposefully removed. So why am I talking about this? It's not about politics. Whatever is worrying you is not about politics. It's not about culture. It's about God. The context of our struggle is God. And when you look at things in that context, your struggle will not be in vain. There is a Zen uh, quote, which is our quote of the day, and it says this, The obstacle is the path. 
So uh, if you're confused, don't feel bad. My ex-wife said that I sometimes make things so confusing that if I went to work for Home Depot, I would put them out of business. That's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm saying is politics is downstream of culture. Politics doesn't fix anything. It's simply men struggle for power, and it reflects the culture that produced those men. Politics is downstream of culture, and culture is downstream of faith. The perversity you see on TV, in American schools, and in American sports is a product of a godless, self-righteous, entitled, and lazy culture. Sadly, people are awash on the stormy sea of godlessness, and at the root of everything is faith and our soul's knowledge of and need for God. So, if we use every struggle to bring us closer to God, we will change this world, we will change this nation. And so, it's not just about us, it's bigger than us. In every personal struggle, that's you and me in all our challenges, if we turn to God and the truth that we read in His Word and the comfort of His certain love and the knowledge of His perfect righteousness and the assurance He provides of justice, then we will be restored as individuals. And when restored individuals lean forward in their faith at the intersection of the secular world, this nation will be restored. The obstacle is the way. Our struggle is the way. So let me say all this again because I think it's important and I'm afraid I could be putting Home Depot out of business. (laughs) If in each and every hardship we turn to God and we read His Word and we strive to live out His Word in that challenge, then we will be restored as individuals and as restored and strengthened Christians, we will restore this nation. And what better time to celebrate that potential on Easter? So I started talking about strategy, but I know we live and work at the tactical level, getting bills paid, dealing with difficult people, searching for work, dealing with loss and poor health and hardships like that. We don't have to worry about politicians or CNN or Disney or the NFL or the NCAA. The path is to turn to God in every struggle. Amen. So, thank you. Our personal struggles are the path. Our struggle when brought to the foot of the cross is the way. God has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. If we turn to him through all our struggles and we walk through those struggles as best we can according to his word, we will be restored and this nation will be restored. And that is courageous Christianity. Pastor Ron, Thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Pleasure. We'd love to invite you back. Friends, thanks for joining Christy and me today. We hope you'll join us each and every week here on 100.7 KKHT, the word at kkht.com or on courageouschristianity.today or your favorite podcast app where you can listen to previous episodes by podcast. From Courageous Christianity, we wish you the happiest Easter all of God's blessings and his hopes. If you're in struggle, we're with you. We love you. You're going to get through this. There's lots of help available to you, and you are loved. And we are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and simplify.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.